Hey, welcome back. I'm Kim Munson. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. And thrilled to have in studio with me, Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. You are a valued partner of uh, of me, as well as uh, we just heard the the uh, ad for Vino and Veritas. And thank you for that as well. It's a study of the Federalist Papers. So you have a real... You have a real love of the American idea, Jason McBride. I do. I still think uh, America is the greatest country uh, ever. It's the greatest country on the face of the planet. And I am a proud and unapologetic American. Me too. Can I make a comment there? Sure. When he says that, I know him well enough to say it's not just because he lives here. It's because he's analyzed the way things are done here in this country versus anywhere else in the world. And I think that's the basis for what he's saying, not just because he lives here. Right, but he has an understanding of this American idea of the, that the Constitution was put in place to protect each individual's right of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And that's when, that's, when that plays out, it's really good stuff. That's my editorial opinion of the day, so carry on. Thank you, Producer Steve. Okay. Appreciate that. So, hey, let's jump over here, though. There's a lot of great information. Uh, last, I, last week or the week before, we were talking about this head and shoulders uh, um, uh, what pattern. You, pattern, pattern, I guess, a pattern. Yes. Yeah. So uh, what, what, what are you seeing right now? Well, I think it's <coughs> kind of been negated. That head and shoulders is... Uh, can be a negative pattern if it if it completes. And a couple of weeks ago, Kim, I was getting a little bit nervous because right. uh, it looked like the market was was about to complete one. Uh, but I think we've negated it. Now it doesn't mean that everything's perfect and guarantees we're going straight up. But uh, you know, when we uh, broke above twenty nine fifty four on the S and P last Thursday, uh, that broke above the the top of the uh, of the left shoulder. Shoulder, uh, that kind of negates that pattern. Uh, but it was looking a little bit rough. We got a 7% drop over about a, uh, a week period. Uh, the market bounced. It had uh, what we call a follow-through day on August 13th. Uh, you know, the very next day, though, we got pounded uh, right out of the chute. So, uh, that kind of put the rally in doubt before it even got started. We got another big bounce. And then, as you remember, we got plowed again, down about 800 points on the Dow. Uh, but the key was is that the market never broke below that 28.22, which was the low it hit after that first sell-off. Things did look a little bit ugly, but it never broke below that. And then on September 5th, we had a nice... Uh, bust higher. We had a big, a decent increase in volume on that move up, which I always try to watch the volume and the price as well. Uh, so so the market looks like it's trying to, to come out of this pattern. Uh, I still think we're kind of in the time of the year where uh, it's a little doldrumish. I still wouldn't be surprised to see it, a sell-off or uh, unproductiveness, but if we can get through uh, September, most of October, uh, November through May, or, or historically at least the most productive six months for the markets. Well, and during that time, wasn't that when we were having politicians and pundits and and all that they were uh, kind of rooting for a recession? Wasn't oh, that did all they ha- stop? No, no, oh. they have not stopped. Yeah, um, yeah, that that's. Uh, I don't think that had much to do with it. Sorry to disappoint you all. Uh, I think it was more, again, uh, you know, Trump saying, okay, China, you're not 
playing ball. You're violating the rules, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with more tariffs. Mm-hmm. It was more of the China trade war thing. That emotion in the market, then. That's okay, right. okay. Um, let's see. Let's go. Let's talk a little bit about the jobs reports because mm-hmm. uh, uh, what is that telling us? They just what do they come out um, once a month? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You know what I wanted to talk about, uh, Kim, was it's interesting that there's actually two jobs reports. You know, a lot of people uh, kind of catch this, and I've been confused about it, but the uh, the the official jobs report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics comes out on the first Friday of every month. Okay. Uh, but there's another jobs report from uh, ADP, which that's a private company, and they release a jobs report about two days before. Okay. So there's, there's a couple of differences. Uh, the BLS report, of course, comes from a government agency. Uh, the ADP report, though, comes from a non-government business, and And the ADP report gathers the data because ADP is a payroll company. Mm -hmm. So they're actually looking at actual payroll data from all of their their clients. Uh, The government report does it through surveys of asking businesses, uh, you know, to report back on a survey. And that's why we get a revision. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. We get the yep. jobs report. A month later, we get the revision. Uh, I always like to joke that's because the government can't ever get anything right the first time. <laughs> uh, it's actually because about 70% of the numbers come in for the first report. Uh, the second revision, it's about another 20% finally get around to responding. And there's actually a third revision as well, uh, but you don't see a lot of changes in there. Okay. And uh, so you're pretty far down the road when you get to that third one. So, right. so now what's the difference then? Which, and do you think one is more reliable than the other? You know, it, it's interesting. You know, my first uh, thing, because there, there's a chart here that I sent you, Kim, and isn't this interesting? Mm-hmm. Let's see. The dark blue line is the ADP one. Mm-hmm. The light blue line is the government one. And right here, you know, you look how they've kind of stayed pretty close together right up until Trump got elected. And then all of a sudden, the one from ADP, the private one, was showing way more jobs, while the government one was showing jobs shrinking. Mm-hmm. And my first thing was, is, are these deep state people manipulating the jobs report because Trump got elected to try no. to make it look worse? Um, so I went back. And, and I actually studied uh, both jobs reports, the ADP one and the official one, since Trump got elected. And okay. my uh, conspiracy theory, I don't want to be fake news. If I was the fake news, Kim, I would only talk about this chart, right? Okay. okay. But that's not the case. Uh, there are differences in the numbers. Uh, sometimes they're wildly different in one given month, but then they usually kind of catch up to each other or balance out over the next couple months. So here's here's the total numbers. Since uh, Trump was elected in November 2016, uh, we've had 34 jobs reports. Okay. Exactly 50% of the time, the ADP report has shown more jobs growth. And exactly 50% of the time, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics initial report has shown higher jobs. But the cumulative totals, Kim, (coughs) excuse me, the BLS revised uh, since Trump's election, we've created 6,000,000. 
483,000 new payrolls, and the ADP one comes out to about 6,599,000. So they're, they're pretty darn mm-hmm. close over a long period of time. Now, is that just private jobs, or does that also include government jobs? That is a good question. The ADP report uh, is non-farm payrolls, uh, but it does not include government jobs. The BLS report includes uh, government jobs as well. Okay, so that that would there actually is more of a discrepancy then because ADP the six almost says six point six million that is does not include government jobs, right? Am I hearing that's that correct. correct? Yep, that's correct. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it it is. And I'm sure there's a heck of a lot more that goes into these numbers that I'd really have to dig down into it. Uh, But, you know, my initial concern when I saw this chart, though, was are are they messing with the numbers to make Trump look bad? And I don't think that's the case. Well, okay, just I'm going to push back just a little bit, though, because um, during the Obama administration, where there was jobs growth was with both uh, government jobs and then and then uh, entities that depended on government funding for jobs. And so if they're including that in the BLS report, then they're not including that in the ADP report, then there is maybe more of a discrepancy on private sector jobs. Maybe that's where I'm headed at, on private sector jobs. There there certainly could be, Kim. I understand what you're saying. Uh, For example, uh, you know, this latest uh, report uh, showed 130,000 new jobs. Uh, That was the initial from BLS, while ADP said 195. So there's a difference there. So uh, I think what you're saying is that the ADP report, would, if you wanted to get the true number, you'd want to take the ADP report and then uh, carve out which jobs in the BLS report were government jobs and add those to the exactly. ADP. Yeah, exactly. and that's a possibility. That's certainly a possibility. But the other thing on this, Jason, is think about this. and Let's look at the ADP numbers. 6.6 million jobs. What does that mean for 6.6 million families? I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, that is a huge deal. And, uh, you know, we we talk a lot about it, and I'm starting to kind of see a a skip in the step of a lot of folks. And the fact that we have uh, pundits and politicians that are trying to tap down this economy and try try to get people thinking there might be a recession instead of doing, you know, their job is to stay out of the way so that people can go after their hopes and dreams. Well, and in all this recession talk, you know, it's probably not going to affect a lot of decision-making maybe for great big corporations because they've got all kinds of studies and data. Mm -hmm. But for, let's say, a mom-and-pop business where they're making a decision maybe to hire one more employee. That could be a big it decision. Can be a bi- it, yep. You know, this this kind of rhetoric could cause some hesitation there. So, uh, you know, could it become a self-fulfilling prophecy that they create a recession? I think it'd take a little bit more than that. But as you said, I think you just just use the word a little bit of a damper. I think this this negative rhetoric certainly could put a little bit of a damper on the growth if you get businesses that are, are a little f- bit afraid to hire. They're a little bit afraid to take the, to buy a new piece of equipment mm-hmm. that's expensive. Uh, so I think it's tough. But I'll make one prediction here, Kim. 
Whether or not we're in a recession, when we're getting close to election time, you're going to hear the media say that we're in a recession. I think you're right. Over and over, they're going to say we are. Uh, The Democrats, I believe, will say we are, uh, irregardless of what the numbers say, because if you just keep uh, repeating a lie, it becomes a truth. Who was it that said that? Um, I don't know. It was a politician. It I was. Know I, that, I can't remember which one it is. I don't know either. Yeah, but uh, someone will know. One of your smart listeners. Will yeah. Know. If you know, text me. Maybe maybe Patty will get on that right immediately. Yeah, Patty so, will find out. So hey, let's go to break. When we come back, I think we kind of finished both of those things, yeah, right? Okay, I think good. So uh, you found this really interesting um, soundbite from Stuart Varney and uh, the Hush Puppy Shoes CEO, and it's just fascinating. So this is Kim Munson. In studio is my valued partner, Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. Go to my website, americhicks.com, and sign up for our Nuts and Bolts event on September 16th, and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson. We are looking at issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And uh, Steve, uh, Jason had had, uh, given the quote, if you repeat a lie often enough, uh, people start to believe it's the truth. And we're like, who said that? And you were, you found out. Joseph Goebbels is that name rings a bell. He was the propaganda minister for Adolf Hitler. If you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. And uh, just a reminder that Nazi stood for the National Socialist German Workers' Party, socialist. And uh, socialism ultimately comes down to force. And if it's a really good idea, you don't have to force people. So Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management, you found a really interesting soundbite. Stuart Varney uh, on Fox News, on Fox Business and it was regarding the tariffs. So do you want to tee this up a little bit? Well, uh, yeah, Kim, it was pretty funny. I was uh, I watch Fox Business in the morning when I'm getting ready for work, and here comes Stewart on, and he's got uh, this little twerp from uh, Hush Puppies <laughs> on there, and he's asking him basically the question of are you going to pass – you know, these tariffs on to your customers. And, you know, I've been saying for about six months now that that's not going to happen. You know, the American businesses were too good at negotiators. We're not going to take price hikes lying down. China's going to absorb a lot of these tariffs, and and Americans aren't going to see these price hikes. Well, I think uh, Steve can play the clip, but it's – the part I found funny was – You know, the guy basically admits exactly what I just said, but he's still trying to squirm out of it and and say that Trump's a bad guy and all these horrible things are going to happen. So I guess I shouldn't steal the thunder, but uh, Steve's got the clip. I thought it'd be fun for the listeners to hear this. Okay, let's go ahead and start with the first clip. Hush Puppies, popular shoe brand, of course. Uh, Hush Puppies owned by Wolverine Worldwide, and that is a publicly traded company. It's one of 200 companies that sent a letter to President Trump asking him not to increase tariffs. Greg Tunney is with us. He is the global president of Hush Puppies. All right, Greg, uh, the, the tariffs went into effect on Sunday. Are you going to pass those costs on to the consumer? Will we pay more for Hush Puppies in America? Well, the biggest challenge, Stuart, good morning. Thank you for uh, letting us uh, be on the show today. The biggest challenge we have in the footwear industry is we're an industry that has been taxed for and tariffs on the, in the industry for over the last century. Uh, we paid in the last 20 years $30 billion in tariffs that go back to the Smoot-Hawley days, uh, back to Herbert Hoover. 
And the fact of the matter is, is now that President Trump wants to add another 15% on top of that. That's why you had over 200 footwork companies in the United States petitioned to President Trump not to put these into effect because we already have a regressive tax that actually yeah. taxes the poorest of the poor in the United States. Okay, Greg, I got it, but my question was, will you pass along these new tariffs in the form of higher prices to your customers in America? Hush Puppy is an interesting business. 90% of our business is done outside of the United States. And in the United States, we've already mitigated our sourcing model where we've taken our sourcing. And I have less than 30% of my total business in China. Okay, so let's stop that right there. So he said, he said 90% of his business isn't even in the U.S., right? Right. And, and the exposure uh, that they had to China, he said that they've already taken steps to mitigate that. Okay. So... They're not just sitting there going, oh, well, we're going to have to pass these tariffs on to the poor consumer. Uh, they've taken steps to mitigate it, as any smart business would do. So, But it's a bit disingenuous to then send a letter to President Trump to say, uh, we don't want these tariffs on China. Because I had Helen Raleigh on yesterday, who right. uh, grew up in China, and she said that presidents, both sides of the aisle have kicked this can down the road regarding dealing with China, and this is one of the last tools that that uh, is in the toolbox. And, you know, we like free trade, but we also like fair trade, and China hasn't been fair. No, and I, I agree with that. Uh, uh, President Trump has put it pretty succinctly, as he usually does, and said that America's or America has rebuilt China from the ground up, and I pretty much agree with that, with their uh, trade agreements that have been very disadvantageous to us, that our own politicians have allowed to go into place. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Trump's fighting, and if it's a little bit of disruption in the markets and the economy over the short term, uh, I, I'm, I'm certainly willing to uh, put up with that to end up with a, a better deal long term. Okay, you got it. So should we go to the next... I, I think we should. It yeah. gets better. Okay. Uh, so we do a, a significant amount of our production in India, uh, Vietnam, mm -hmm. Cambodia, other places around the world that will not be affected by this tax. So we've already taken uh, the steps necessary uh, to combat additional tariffs well, that uh, the China okay. thing so, in place. So the answer is no. Yeah, I, I'm not going to. If I buy a pair of hush puppies two months down the road, I'm not going to be paying any more than I than I am now. Your answer is no. You're not passing this along to your customers. Well, an interesting. You had called that. You had said that a number of companies on these China tariffs they would start to move their production to other countries, which in essence would help those countries. Well, right, and, and we'll make uh, Trump will make sure that our trade agreements with those uh, countries are fair as well uh, if they start to get out of line. But you know, the, a lot of other countries are are more than happy uh, to take that business and and try to trade fairly because they can still come out in a much better position than they are now, and it's good for the U.S. as well. Okay, and it's very disingenuous for this uh, CEO, I think, to send this letter. But I think there's one more. Uh, Soundbite, right? Yeah, sure. Let's finish that and we okay. can talk about it some more. For hush puppies, that's the case. Unfortunately, most shoe companies, a significant amount, you got to realize, out of the 2.5 billion pairs of shoes that are worn in the United States, 1.5 billion of them are made in China. So for many and most of the brands uh, that are purchased in the United States, they will have to take on that additional burden. Now, the value of the Chinese currency hit a new low this morning. 
that would mitigate price increases in the United States. We're also told that manufacturers in China are urgently cutting costs so they can absorb some of the possible price increases in America. Seems like everybody's bending over backwards to make sure that American consumers do not pay a higher price. Okay, Jason, what do you think? Well, there you go. Now, that was another thing. you know, that, that I brought up a few months ago. Uh, these buyers are going to go back to China, you remember. And, and I said they're going to say, we can't pass these uh, price increases on to our customer. You're going to have to lower your wholesale price that you're selling to us for. And this guy just confirmed it. Now, uh, you know, I, don't, I didn't want to come on here just to, like, toot my own horn, Uh you know, but I will say I was one of the first people I know that started saying, well, wait a minute, uh, this isn't the way this is going to go down, and now it's playing out. I think it, it, it's also funny that he, he mentions uh, somehow that Wolverine Worldwide, the company that he runs, must be the only smart one out there. Every other company is just going to lay down and take it. You know, because he said uh, there's two and a half billion pairs of shoes in the U.S. and one and a half billion are made in China and all all these other poor companies are are not as good as we are. Really? I disagree. Uh, how many of, of the shoes, I wonder, that come in from China, these cheap tennis shoes, uh, are sold at Walmart? Uh, you... Do, you, do you think Walmart is laying down and telling China, yeah, we'll just pass this on to our customers? I think that's highly unlikely. Uh, I wonder how many pairs of shoes Nike sells every year out of those $1.5 billion. Uh, not that I'm a big fan of them at this point, but I highly doubt that Nike is just laying down, if they have any production in China, and saying, yeah, just go ahead and stick us with those higher prices. We'll pass them on. Well, and Jason, you brought up, and again, I I, uh, I heard you say this before almost anybody else did. So thank you for being on top of that. And you heard it first on this on this particular show. But what we see here is we see that these CEOs are trying to force the hand of uh, President Trump. And ultimately, President Trump is trying to stand up for the American consumer right. and Americans. And so I want to kind of say shame on them. So, hey, we're out of time. Thanks for being here, Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. It's great to yeah, have you here. welcome. Thanks, Kim.